Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Good evening, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, your advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and... uh, well, your goblins are good stuff. This is the season. Uh, October is here. We're stuck right in the middle of it. The Seahawks are rocking, and Halloween is on its way. Um, lots happening. Tis the season the, for the festivities. We go. F- I mean, you've seen the candy bars and trick or treat stuff in the stores starting in September. Then we got Thanksgiving on November first, and I'm sure Christmas and the uh, Hanukkah season will be upon us on November 26th or whenever. Easter, wait, Easter, no. <laughs> Thanksgiving. I'm that far ahead. They've already, they've pushed me. I've become a uh, a child of consumerism. Uh, not quite, but um, excited about this holiday season because we're hosting the Holiday Wine Fest in KVI and Como, our sponsors of the Holiday Wine Fest, which takes place on November 12th and 13th at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. This will feature wine, spirits, ciders, beer, food, and artisan gift shopping. HolidayWineFest.com. There's three sessions. It's uh, Saturday noon to 4, Saturday night 5 to 9, and Sunday noon to 4. Don't worry, folks. The Seahawks play Sunday night at 5.30, so you can uh, have a good time. And call your pre-funk and just uh, come on down. Tickets are only $40 at HolidayWineFest.com. It's November 12th and 13th at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. And when we talk about wine and spirits, that's what the show is all about. So if you haven't talked to your friends about Happy Hour Radio, you know, don't friends don't let friends not listen to Happy Hour Radio is what it should be. But if you ever miss a show, don't forget our website, happyhourradio.net. And if you're on the Twitter sphere, check us out uh, at Happy HR Radio and on Facebook. All sorts of fun stuff happening there. I mean, you can look at your phone and, and be educated all at the same time. I'm excited to have a longtime friend in the wine biz, Peggy Sullivan, who is, uh, well, the general manager extraordinaire uh, events person and uh, all-around hostess of Owen Sullivan Winery down in Georgetown or Soto. We'll figure it out. But hey, Peggy Sullivan, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. I'm also chief bottle washer. Chief? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's a spit shine and all that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, OS, uh, Owen Sullivan Winery, as it was first called, correct, yes. Yes. is now uh, OS Winery. And where's your location? We are in Georgetown, just south of Seattle Costco on 4th Avenue. Yeah, a uh, cool little corner spot. There's plenty of parking and a really groovy kind of hip little tasting room. Um, almost a, an oasis down there, considering what's on 4th Avenue outside of Costco. <laughs> Very cool. What are your hours? We are open Fridays 4 to 7, Saturdays and Sundays 1 to 5. All right. So yeah. all you truckers listening, pop in on, <laughs> before you hit the long haul. Um Owen Sullivan. Who is Owen Sullivan? Owen Sullivan. So Mr. Owen and Mr. Sullivan got together in 1997 and started OS Winery. Uh, they started with one ton, so 80 cases of Cabernet. Well, how'd they meet? Um, my dad was his landlord. All right. Yeah. So that's Rob Sullivan. Rob Sullivan, yep. And he was Bill, Bill Owen's, Owen's landlord. landlord. I see. Yeah. So he was, uh, um, What do you, uh, how is the landlord? Is that an apartment building? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One of the few on Vashon Island. And how did they find this sort of uh, synergy with, uh, you know, fermenting grapes? 
My dad is a chatty guy. <laughs> okay. So uh, he knows all his tenants, and he and Bill were talking about Bill's lifelong dream of uh, owning a winery. And so time went by, and my dad asked him, so how's your lifelong dream? And he's like, oh, it's still on paper. And he's like, oh, well, I'll take a look at it. And he took a look at it and said, well, this sounds like fun. Let's do that. Wow. Yeah. And what year is this? 1997. 1997. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, really? I, I, for some reason, I assumed it was a little earlier, although I took my first uh, um, bar manager gig in 1997, and that's probably why you were already seemed like you already established, because you came out with pretty good wine that year. Yeah, yeah. The Cabernet um, won some awards, and... Yeah, that's what I remember. So you, it's it's rare that in those days, 1997, you would have been like winery number 240 or something. Yeah, not even that. There were there's more wineries in Woodenville than there were in the state when we started. Okay. Yeah. So, so we were I'm in the low off. 100s. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're old. I guess so. <laughs> and what I like about the wineries that have have had their longevity and maturity, as we call it in the in the industry is that your overhead's down, you've got your fruit sources, you've been through enough vintages that you know how to um, approach a certain weather change or a challenge, and uh, you've learned that you've been able to sell your wine that long, so that you must be doing more than one thing right. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, we have some uh, great wines. We try and keep it interesting and different, um, but with a consistent quality from vintage to vintage, because every vintage is different. So, um, yeah, it's... So they started with one ton of fruit. Was that a Cabernet Sauvignon? Cabernet, From yep. where? From Red Mountain? No, no. It was, um, I'm trying to remember where it was from. It was from a grower who was known for Concords. Oh, okay. So not so much the wine grapes. Was it Foxy? <laughs> I don't think so. So we, um, actually, you have to kind of work your way up the food chain when it comes to grapes. And we um, took our wine to WAG, Washington Association of Grape Growers. Uh, and the salt of the earth, greatest guys all the growers were over there, and a woman tasted our wine, and she said, where do you get your fruit? And we told her, and she just started cracking up. She's like, no, seriously, where do you get your fruit? He said, no, seriously, that's where we get our fruit. She's like, ah, <laughs> oh, if you can do that with his grapes, I'll give you some of mine. What was and Pat- who was that? Patricia? Patricia Gellis. Patricia yes, Gellis. On Red Mountain. So, And then once you've had Red Mountain... Apparently that's right. You that's why I ordained. thought it was Red Mountain, because <laughs> I know they were planted in 72, and even in the early 80s, 83, I think, was yep. uh, uh, Clipson's um, initiation or... Uh, inaugural vintage yeah yeah so cool stuff so they started with one ton of grapes and a couple garbage cans i imagine or what was this a, a real did they invest in the winery right away or did they just try to see how it works well my dad was looking for grapes for the following crush he didn't think that he would get any grapes then the time he was calling and i can remember him calling me and saying i i got some grapes and i'm like well that's fantastic he's like what but they're like ready now. What do I do? And I'm like, rent a truck and pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they actually shared space with Vashon Winery, and they were kind enough to let us use some of their bins and their um, old basket press and things like that. Over so. there in Vashon with Ron Irvin. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, cool cat. He's uh, um, been around for. He just had his twentieth, twenty fourth anniversary, I think, recently. Maybe twenty fifth. That could be. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, long time. So you're coming up on your twentieth, then, right? Next no. year. Yeah. All Almost right. legal to drink. Yes. <laughs> about that. Oh, well, in, in America, anyway, in Canada, you'd be okay, I That's imagine. That's right, yeah. So, was Peggy Sullivan, who is the, uh, what is your title, role? You do everything other than chief bottle washer. What else do you do? I am second generation owner. So, a couple uh, of years ago, my dad and I made it officially official, and he's now my delivery guy, and I'm the name on the letterhead. How about that? Yeah. So, he got out of the office and, and just gets to... Um, work the streets. Well, that's probably a lot less stressful than being in the office yeah, these days, right? Exactly. Working through Seattle traffic. Yes, and he gets to chit-chat with his 
all the customers, which is his favorite part of the job. So. All right. Yeah, well, yeah he said he was a chatty, uh, a chatty Rob. Yeah, chatty Chad- Robert. Chatty Robert, yes. <laughs> um, you s- it came out with Cabernet to begin with, and how many wines do you produce today? We have, um, we've done an array of things. We try and stick to the Bordeaux varietals. Um, we've had a couple of outliers with the very Germanic Riesling and Syrah um, thrown in there. But for the most part, we do Cab, Merlot, Cab Franc, and then blends thereof. So um, we try and stick to the food-friendly Bordeaux style. All right. And you have your own facility? Because I didn't see the winemaking facility down on that corner in Georgetown on 4th Avenue. Is that where the wine is made? Well, did I show you behind the curtain? No, you did. Oh. <laughs> There's the behind the curtain. Ah, don't yeah. mind the man behind right. the curtain. <laughs> the big steel tanks, as it were. Yeah, uh, Fourth Avenue, we do our rosé and we do a red blend for Costco. And that's kind of unromantic. We do the tanks and then our romantic barrels are east of the mountains in Zilla. Oh, weren't you originally part of the uh, um, South of Downtown Wineries Association and you had a facility over in that uh, conglomeration of uh, Cadence and uh, Fall Line and Not who else? Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. We okay. were down in um, South Park for South a long time. South Park, that's what yeah. it was, yeah. People think it's just a cartoon, but it's actually a neighborhood in Seattle. That's right. If only we had uh, those cats here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you have a very interesting setup for pouring wines. I know that a lot of people, a lot of tasting rooms pour wines, and as part of the uh, as a sommelier, of course, you bring the bottle over, you present mm-hmm. it, and pour it, and see what see what they say. Um, but you have a special tap system. Tell us about that. It's called Wine Keeper, and it's pretty low tech, which is one of the things I like about it. I'm not a super high tech gal, yeah. so on off <laughs> pour exactly. Stop. <laughs> and um, I having the tasting room open more, we had more samples open, and so if you open them on. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever's left over, darn it, you have to take it home and drink yeah, it. Yeah, and then you gain weight and a high tolerance, and it's a exactly. downward so it's spiral. Just, yeah, exactly. It just goes round and round. So um, I wanted to keep, I wanted a system that, where I could keep my wines, and I was looking at some of these where you push the button, and they're like shiny, and ooh, yeah. and I was like, oh, those are pretty, and then I looked at the prices and said, oh, that's sad, I'll never have one. It's pretty expensive, <laughs> is what it really meant. Exactly. So then I found this other one, and it's basically surgical tubing and um, taps. And you put them on the bottles and hook it up to argon. And we don't say surgical. We say uh, <laughs> high-tech um, silicon pipes. Yes, the, right? that. Yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. Right, because surgical tubing <laughs> sounds like you got a Frankenstein operation going on back there. Um, but when we talk about wine preservation, and especially for tasting rooms, we have obviously the old-fashioned pump, which sort mm-hmm. of re- creates a vacuum, removes some of the air, the oxygen. And uh, sometimes people will add carbon dioxide, argon, or nitrogen mm-hmm. as uh, a way to uh suppress the oxygenation and so no wines don't get oxidated and sort of develop faster. What do you use? We use argon. We started with nitrogen and it didn't seem to last quite as long as the argon does, so we're sticking with argon. Interesting, because when you think about the beer world, um, carbonation tends to have a little bigger bubble than mm-hmm. nitrogen. Nitrogen is, I think, uh, dissolved faster in the liquid, oh. um, and maybe that's part of why, because it didn't work as well, because I think it's dissolved. So. Oh, yeah, that could be. Yeah. Well, I'm not a, a chemist, but I like to play chemist. <laughs> <laughs> I play one on TV. So you, you're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the production uh, for Owens or OS Winery? OS Winery. We're about 2,000 cases. We fluctuate. You know, a little above, a little below, depending on the crush. But um, that seems to be our sweet spot. Right. I know that uh, in s- some years when you have a wine that all of a sudden is tasty and people love it and it sells out, like, oh, we got to make more, we got to make more. And, but what happens is you make more 
two years prior before you release it, and when you get there, things have changed. The next thing you know, there are 20 more wineries that have popped up all producing something else. Um, how do you forecast? Obviously, your sweet spot, did you go higher? Did you find something that this isn't really... Nobody wants to sit on wine, especially as a winemaker. We right. want to you know, run through our, our cash flow, if it were, inventory. Mm-hmm. And w- when was that moment that you realize the 2000 is your sweet spot well we did we've done as much as 4500 cases all right and that was um you know in boom times and then uh the bottom fell out of the market and so it was a totally different ball game from then on and 2000 seemed like a good amount to have for local markets and distribution you know throughout the united states we are in five different states so and what's your largest production uh are they pretty even it's pretty even yeah yeah. Okay. No whites except for the Riesling. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you, um, And when it comes down to uh, your bottle prices, you've got f- six wines, five wines. Uh, Cab Merlot, Cab Bronc, Rosé. And the B- BSH. And the BSH. And BSH uh, three. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah, I had it right. I'm listening, everybody. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what are the price points? Uh, the Sonus is our new label, and that is our Cab Merlot, Cab Franc, and um, also includes our Rosé. But the Reds are $25. Oh. Yeah. All right. And you brought some wine today to taste. What I do we did. have? I have uh, my Rosé, because I don't want people to forget about Rosé. Rosé pairs well with the uh, holidays, Thanksgiving Absolutely. especially. Yeah. So I brought that along, and then I brought a Merlot, which surprises people. Mm-hmm. And then I brought what I call our Big Bad Cab. Big Bad Cab, otherwise yeah. known as? B-S-H. B-S-H. Well, so fun. I did have the chance to try these, um, and I'm so delighted you brought them back because I know that when I tasted them there, sometimes when things taste better when you're in the moment, Mm -hmm. and here this is such a clinical setting that we can truly (laughs) be objective about how we evaluate our wines today. Speaking with Peggy Sullivan, who is the um, second-generation owner, chief bottle washer, tasting room manager, and more, Um, and from OS Winery, which is down in Georgetown, no, Georgetown. Yep. OSWinery.com. Yes. All right. When we come back from this break, we're going to try the Sonus Merlot, which is a 2012. The, oh, we're going to start with the Rosé, which is 2015, 14. Mm-hmm. 15. Excellent. And then we have the BSH, BSH. Cab. All right. So, hey, folks, hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, get your glasses ready. And uh, when we come back from this break, I'm going to dive into some tasty wines from OS Winery right here on Happy Hour Radio. Big names, big news. Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round two. Hope you got something tasty in your glass. I've got three glasses of uh, OS Winery. Uh, fantastic wines here. Um, founded in 1997, second generation owner. Peggy Sullivan is here with me. She's also the tasting room manager and the, apparently the chief glass watcher because I know you're not washing the bottles. <laughs> um, you brought a, uh, a rose called Devin's Rose. Who's Devin? Devin is my daughter. Oh. Every girl should have her own wine, right? Right. Yeah. And a pony. Yeah. And, uh... Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> 
So her her brothers had his own wine, which I'll explain in a minute, since he was born, basically. And she was 10 years old and said, well, when do I get a wine named after me? And I'm like, you're 10 and you don't have your own wine? That's terrible. So I said, we're going to do Devon's Rosé. And she's like, oh, okay. And then I brought it home and she almost exploded because she didn't know there was pink wine. She's just, oh. it's pink. Of course, is her favorite <laughs> color. That. So I How always get asked, how'd they like it? Did they? Oh, say, sweet. How many... When did you jump into the rosé revolution? We've had we did it in 12 and then we kind of took a break cuz we were moving and a few other things and then we did we've done 14 and 15 and we'll we'll continue with that. We release it on Valentine's Day. Oh. So for your sweetheart. Right. But I brought it now. I know the days are uh, shorter and colder and people don't think of rosé, but it it pairs marvelously with Thanksgiving style dinners. It also pairs really well with spicy. So if you're trying to warm yourself up with some spicy Indian food or Thai food, right. this would be the great... It, it pairs... Rosé is one of those... And I think people are really figuring that out, that they can sip this with a multitude of, of dishes, and especially during football season for all the wine drinkers out there, it goes with chips and dips and crudite, and because there's some green notes in rosé and some citrus notes, and of mm -hmm. course some red fruit notes, it has a touch of tannin, which dries the palate, but also has a nice bright acidity typically, and sometimes a little bit of sugar just to sort of round out the palate, which is... Uh, always a fun thing because it people I like sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um this is Cabernet Franc? Cabernet Franc with a little bit of Merlot. All right. Uh you can definitely get the Cabernet Franc. Um well Cabernet Franc and Merlot have similar profiles as, as being a little bit herbaceous. Um Merlot mm -hmm. can be a little bit green. Cabernet Franc can be more tobacco, um bell pepper. Uh mm -hmm. and you can definitely get that on the nose which is very enticing and exciting. And you get some red fruits, a little raspberry, red currant. Uh let's taste it. Mm. Very polished wine. Thank you. I like the that. acid is um, just medium plus, but it does linger in the palate and the finish. It does have a touch of sweetness, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. Less than one and a half percent. Though. Okay, I know, but I'm one of those guys. <laughs> I can get TCA and sugar and <laughs> parts per million. Um, Nice and dry in the finish. Mm -hmm. and, and I think rosé is beautiful for that reason that sometimes for white wines, the only way you get that dry finish is uh, with a little skin contact and, well, I should say the only way, two ways, is skin contact, and which is tannin, and then oak, which is also tannin. So that helps dry the palate for white wines. But here, mm -hmm. there's no oak, right? No oak. No, it's, um, the, it was on the skins for about three hours, and then it's all stainless steel. Mm. And you stop fermentation just at the right spot moment to add a little or to keep maintain a little bit of the residual sugar there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. People say they don't like sweet wine, but they like sweet <laughs> wine. <laughs> well, it's like vanilla. I tell everybody, hey, do you like vanilla ice cream? Yeah. Have you ever taste vanilla extract? Smells great, but doesn't yeah. taste, you know, but your brain's, mm, this yeah. will be good. And so, yeah, we, we like sugar. Sugar's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, delicious. This is um, under 20? Yes. This is uh, 14. Okay, well, I'm a, I'm pretty high on the showcase showdown here. Let's see if I <laughs> I can get it. And this is still available. So this is. Um, what are some of your retailers around town? Uh, we are in uh, uh, Ballard Market and um, trying to think of other grocery stores. Generally, if you have a wine guy at your grocery store, oh yeah, we'll will be there. Yeah, and we're we're fortunate to have a lot of that in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. People actually are into wines and in, in the burgeoning industry because they get a lot of visits, so then they're yep. I have to be in my game because it's not someone it's not a consumer who I have to educate, it's someone who <laughs> perhaps might know a little more than me and exactly. tell me about how things work. Um delicious. I think you know what's great about that because rose goes well with Thanksgiving because mm -hmm. sometimes it has sugar mm -hmm. and that can handle some of the 
the sweet potato pie or the yams or the cranberries, which yeah. are also sweet. So it's a great starter, and I like it because, um, I mean, Riesling, Chenin Blanc, um, Viognier, these these wines typically go well with Thanksgiving, Pinot Gris as well. Yeah. Uh, for the um, But rosé is that transition wine that you can start with and finish with because mm-hmm. it does have tannin and you get the red wine um, feeling. Right, <laughs> or yeah. Whatever feeling that is. <laughs> That's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. <laughs> uh, all right, so next wine is 2012. 2012. And you, it just says Merlot. It says Yakima Valley. Is mm-hmm. uh, is this a blend of different vineyards? It is. It's um, Deneen Vineyard, Sheridan Vineyard, and Two Blondes. Which, which are, are all contiguous almost, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all neighbors. So, um one happy area, and it's 80% Merlot and 20% Cabernet. So I get a lot of people coming in, oh, I don't I don't drink Merlot. And, well, as soon as you say that, you know, you have to taste it. So I have them taste it, and they're like, oh, I like this Merlot. How funny. So, yeah, people are funny. To, to think about, I mean, it's an uh, um, indelible moment in uh, cin- cinematic history, especially mm-hmm. in compared when it comes to wine, that somebody named Miles... In his uh, his successful venture in the world and his prolific knowledge, but the guy was a bum. I know. <laughs> and so he says, "I'm not drinking many more Merlot," and that changes it all. Even so, for some reason, we respect him. You should have the other guy. Yeah, I love Merlot. That's right. I yeah, know. Exactly. But he was, you know, kind of a. He was the guy. <laughs> he was a different guy. <laughs> all right. So um, two vineyards or three vineyards, two blondes, yep. and this is all contiguous. It's it's in Yakima Valley, but isn't it more in the Rattlesnake Hills? Rattlesnake or? Hills, Zilla, more specifically. Zilla. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just there recently. Um, beautiful locations. You ever get a chance to visit Sheridan? And, and not to say that you see where these grapes are grown. Yes. There's yes. some places to hang out, too. Uh, I'm going to take take a sip. Yeah, if you don't like Merlot, if you don't really care for this wine, I can get it. But there's no reason you shouldn't like it. Um, this has got what you want. It's got the mm-hmm. smooth, polished palate. It's got that middle plummy, slightly blueberry fruit on, on um, in the the attack, and then uh, in the back palate you get some of the the cabinets coming in some of that thyme, tobacco, and mm-hmm. the tannin, which helps dry the palate, but it gives you structure. We want a box of fruit. We don't want just right. you know jelly spreading all over. It's got to be on a piece of bread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I call oak. Sometimes it's basically the toast part of it. What? I, Use French oak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not getting any dill or American or nope. coconut out no, here. No, all French oak. All French oak, all the time. Yeah, uh, good stuff. So this is twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and it's a double gold winner from Seattle Wine Awards. Well, they certainly know what they're talking about exactly. because they taste uh, they taste wine single blind, they, and they know it's a Merlot based wine. And remember, folks, if it's Merlot. Any single variety, whether it's Pinot Noir or Riesling, it has to be a minimum of 75% of that grape. So the rest of, a lot of times, grapes or wines are actually blends. And that's because winemakers want to make the best wine they can and all the, fill the little holes of that something's, some things are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want butter on toast. Why? Well, because butter tastes good on toast. Yeah. Um, or toast tastes better with butter. But uh, delicious wine, $25. Do you have a, a wine club? We do, yes. It's called the Dearly Fermented Grand Cru. So, um, C-R-E-W? <laughs> yes. Or C-R-U? No, C-R-E-W. All right, not C-R-U umlaut E, right? No. Oh, the crew. Yeah. Oh. No. Uh, so, yes, we have that, and um, it's ever-growing. And we do discounts for our wine club members, uh, no tasting fee. Um, some people even get a hug when they come in the tasting room, depending wow. on the level of membership. Ooh. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we also do events like uh, we did a wine food pairing, and they had it yeah, discounted um, for that. And then we do other things where they get first dibs on 
vintages or all right yeah and then how do you get on the wine club you just go online or oswinery.com absolutely click wine club mm-hmm. fun you had a couple events coming up too right uh, a uh, chocolate a chocolate truffle tasting mm-hmm. or making event making yeah October 29th yes noon to 2 no it's uh, in the evening so it starts oh. at 7 alright so don't eat any chocolate before 7 exactly because you'll be wired um, <laughs> and another event open house annually right November yes yes so it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving we've um, always had it after Thanksgiving but we're going to give it a go before Thanksgiving. We're really going to be the ones who kick off the holiday season. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. Our final wine today is called BSH. It's BSH. a uh, Big Bad Cab, you said? Yes. All yes. right. Tell so, me about the wine. I was telling you about Devin. Um, this is her brother's initials. We, that's what we told the federal government. Uh, <laughs> but there's another story behind the name, which is the winemaker wanted to make this Big Bad Cab. Arnold Schwarzenegger Cab is what he kept calling it. And so he comes flying Arnold. in with this blend. Yes. <laughs> and he's, and mm. we're like, this is amazing. He's like, yeah, it's built like a brick house. And we're like, it is. Bum, so, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So we put um, put it on the label. And in the old days, uh, you used to get a piece of paper saying, your labels are now approved. March on. And we actually got a phone call from the feds saying, what does BSH stand for? And one of the things I love about my dad, terrible liar, he's like, uh, I said, it's your grandson's initials. And he's like, it's my grandson's initials? And we got the letter, and they hand wrote on there, okay, grandson's initials. Got it. Yeah. So fun. I'm mm-hmm. tasting the wine. This is a perfectly balanced wine. It's delicious. It's full-bodied um, with just a moderate weight. I mean, it's got some, some alcohol, too, which I like because it's warming me up on a this chilly uh, October evening. Um, BSH, the, the blend is? Um, 75% cab. A little bit of Merlot, a little bit of Cap Franc. Mmm. And that's tasty. I, this has got to be a $40 wine. $50 wine. 50 yes. 50 yeah. Yeah. It's got the cool black label. Well, but if I'm a wine club member, I think it's 40 right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so fun. Peggy Sullivan, what a treat. Um, thank you for sharing the Devon's Rosé, the Sonus 12 Merlot, and the... What's the vintage on the BSH? Uh, 2013. 2013. Very well yeah. balanced for a very warm vintage. OSWinery.com, open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday down on 4th Avenue, just past Costco in Georgetown. Peggy, thanks so much for joining me on Happy yeah. Hour Radio. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, hey, you got to check it out. This is good wine. And remember, the rosé is something you want to take, try um, for the holidays and for the hors d'oeuvres, a Saturday night, obviously for the Grand Buffet. Um, stick around, folks. We're going to have another fantastic conversation right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local weekdays, 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round three. Hope you got something tasty in your glass. And uh, I certainly have something beautiful color in my brand new glass. It's a Riedel stemware. It's from my good pal, Chet Holstein, who uh, is a fellow ISG member of the International Sommelier Guild. We were uh, we're taking some classes from Barb Phillip and Mark Davidson, I think yeah. it was. been yeah. a while. Um, and uh, Chet Holstein, uh, welcome back to well, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So you and I studied uh, some stuff back in uh, the mid. 2000s, yeah, and you went up to uh, the Northern Territory almost here of the state of Washington to find a cool gig. You had a, a, a good a sommelier gig. Yeah, I was running a steakhouse uh, at a casino up there in Whatcom County, uh, 2012 uh, open table top 100 in the, in the country, so we were doing pretty good up there, hiding. 
Wow, that's right. Well, yeah. and those because you get did you get all the uh, Canadians coming down to, to oh, spend yeah. their loonies? Oh yeah, overnight too, especially when the when the climate's well and the, the dollar wise. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. So that was a big gig. You were there for what seven years? Those are seven years. Seven yeah. years. I yep. remember. <laughs> Facebook's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, and, right. <laughs> uh, we followed each other. Um, you you left recently and decided to get into something else. Yeah, it wasn't really a family uh, schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh and, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, so I went I went retail for a little while and uh, shortly after that. Uh, uh, going from 80 hours a week to 40 and having almost no responsibilities, my mind kind of opened up and I just had this idea one night, texted myself or emailed myself as I often do. <laughs> right. That's how you keep it. Yeah. All it's, it was just a subject line. It said turmeric liqueur question mark. <laughs> if you don't write it down in the moment, you will forget it. Exactly. It's crazy. I've done that. So I got a great idea. Like, damn it. You just got to answer your own shoot. emails, though. <laughs> got to remember to answer your own emails. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's right. It's those damn bucks. Um, so you you know wine. You know spirits. You've mm-hmm. tasted uh, wines from around the world. You've tasted spirits from everywhere. Um, how did you figure... I mean, what was the light? Did you go to a, um, a, a curry joint and said, ah, the turmeric <laughs> is smelling pretty good? Right. I, you know, I had started... Uh, cooking uh, Indian style food uh, about a year ago as well just for fun it was basically turned out it's 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 similar to just making like American food but you just put a bunch of spices in it okay <laughs> some garam masala things like that you know a little fenugreek and all of a sudden you've got this totally different dish the dish that's not steamed vegetables with chicken and rice even though it basically is interesting so I was kind of on the turmeric kick right there and I started getting raw root instead of just the powder it's just a little more potent it's got better color to it and uh, yeah one night I just thought turmeric liqueur and I woke up the next day Grabbed some roots and went at it with some Everclear. Wow! Oh, yeah. So you steeped you steeped it. Macerate, Ma- macerate. yeah, macerate. cold maceration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And does turn is the root? What's the genesis of this root? Is it um, part of a ginger family? It part is. Of a, it oh. is ginger related. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like something like salsify. Which no, I never figured that out. <laughs> Chef would always be like scraping off bark on this. What is it, salsify? Like, uh, okay, oh, of course, like a stick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. How is that? Um, well, you know, growing up with uh, uh, Chinese grandparents, I uh, I hated ginger as a kid because whenever I was chomping on some good food, I always get this big piece of ginger. And at yeah, you know, right. eleven, twelve years old, it it was it stung. It was like spicy. It burns. And, yeah, yeah. burns. Like, oh, this is not good. Like, kind of ruins your palate. Right. Um, you know, so that's why you put more soy sauce and teriyaki sauce and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but turmeric really was the one thing. It was not fenugreek. It wasn't uh, garam masala. It wasn't... Uh... Well, no, not yet. I mean, uh, the, I want to expand and do... I've got a couple dozen different ideas I want to do. And any the weirder, the better. You know, I've got uh, shiitake soy that I'm working on. It's uh, It smells amazing. It does not taste good. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's so, good. There's, you know, it's trial and error. This was the one that I think is going to be the flagship, though. This is this is going to roll. It's like it's as mixable as Jägermeister that nobody knows is Jäger. It, nobody knows Jäger is mixable. It's even mix, more mixable than that. It's not bitter. It's it's not as crazy, you know. And it's 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 like uh, a Saint Germain with the with the shootability. Shootability. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is a beautiful color. It's really. Um, Sort of a sand amber. It's got that hue, that sort of green yellow hue from curry, uh, from the turmeric, and mm-hmm. uh, um, it it looks, it just looks crystal clear with just a slight haze. But it's mm-hmm. got uh, um, just this beautiful iridescent color almost. Right. I wonder if it looks like in black light. You know what? That's a great idea. That's I never even thought about it. It goes wonderful with tonic too, which I, I brought some here. We can try later. Oh, but, fantastic! Because uh, you know, tonic lights up blue in in black light. Really? In ultraviolet, yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh. Little known club fact. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, Kevin back there is not in his end, too, so I've just been enlightened. Uh, so fun. Speaking with my pal Chet Holstein, who is uh, sommelier and uh, has uh, spirits director at a great steakhouse and has moved on to uh, 
Well, follow his illuminations at night, which has nice. become um, an evening sort of uh, lightning bolt. Um, and it turned into this thing called Kuma. Kuma. I like it. K-U-M-A, Kuma turmeric root liqueur. Um, all right, I just got to smell it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes from uh, the Latin. Latin for uh, turmeric is curcuma longa, and uh, with C-U-C instead of K. But I use the Ks. It's, uh, my wife's from Iceland. I just happened to look it up in Icelandic, and it's K-U. Is there a cucumber in here? No. God. No cucumber. So it's got some stuff. There's 11 things. I won't yeah, give you them all, but you can guess away. It's very, very, very... <laughs> it's very soothing. There's a, there's a slight medicinal note to it, but it's more of a a delicious medicinal note. That right. it, it's, it's, it's reminiscent, or reminiscent of the green sort of the teas that you would, would sort of yeah, try to steep. it's like an earthy fragrance combo, right? Like floral earthy. Yeah, you get the earth. I was wondering mm-hmm. if you could do a durian fruit liqueur. Ooh, that's <laughs> on my list, though. Is it? It Seriously? is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The weirder, the better. And this bottle here that you've got, you, you kind of pointed it out. This has been fined, but not filtered. No way. It would be it would be filtered. I just eventually. took a sip. Yeah. Think of that. <laughs> wow. I mean, I say probably wow a lot, but I really mean this one, folks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I never would have guessed. First of all, a lot of people don't like curry because they're just weird. Right. And it's green. It's, it's fear of the unknown, probably. It's fear of the unknown. Absolutely. Um, maybe they just don't go to enough of those restaurants. And yeah. And they... I uh, don't know how to they pick number five, but <laughs> I like that it's it has a certain elegance to it. Um, obviously, there's some sugar here because that <laughs> sort of helps translate the flavors and aromas. Um, but the, it's delicious. Thank you. I mean, not but it's delicious. It's just you're white. This is wacky. I mean, right. first of all, the color. Um, I'm trying to. Re- oh, it's uh, kind of Galliano esque. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a little, little more orange to inch to it. Right. Yeah. It's more of a. Um, yeah, oxidized Galliano. <laughs> yeah, in a good go. way, <laughs> but it still has brightness. Mm. <laughs> and that's that's room temperature, nothing cut in it. What's the proof? Thirty three and a half. All right. Yeah. All right. Right. You know what's crazy about liqueurs? A lot of times you can't drink them straight. Mm-hmm. Too you can sweet. have a sip. They're too sweet too, or just too, too powerful <laughs> or powerful or yeah. too weak even. <laughs> and this is the nice balance where it um, it lingers on the palate, but it almost finishes really really clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it's like you melted some ice on the finish, and it's like, hmm, kind of makes your mouth water. There's a touch of acidity here. That must come from the citrus peel. Yep. I get the coriander note. Dried lemon and dried grapefruit. Oh, yes. The grapefruit is bringing that little slight little bitter edge, too. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, How many iterations did you go through to find this particular recipe? This is largely, honestly, this is largely the very first batch. Really? I've done 29 since then. This is number 29. The only thing I really changed from the, I mean, I did a lot of experimenting, but I always wound up going back to the original. The only thing that I've really changed was uh, the black peppercorns. I take them out after a couple days. Okay, because that's Instead of letting them go the whole way. Because, yeah, it would spice up. And uh, yeah, that gets a little hot, peppery, and, mm-hmm. and can be a little bitter too. Um, do you prepare some of the uh, botanicals or, or macerations, or what do you call them? Botanicals or yeah, just flavors? macerations? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, mustings. Mustings is that <laughs> it? Um, the the citrus, I do peel them myself at this point. Yeah, it's just easier and <laughs> one batch at a time. Exactly. Well, you get, it goes a long ways though. I mean, we're talking about like three grams per nine liters really? of final product, three grams of citrus peel of each kind. Yeah. So you create this product and then obviously using it, are you still using an clear base or did you? I am to... at this point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And... That's what I'm looking for, looking for a better source of that. Right. <laughs> well, um, there's a lot of distilleries here in Washington state. In fact, sure. more distilleries in Washington state than any other state in the country. Uh, so I'm sure you'll find some and you yeah. could experiment as a sommelier with perhaps some grape brandy. Exactly. Uh, unaged that would be, <laughs> uh, or uh, eau de vie as it were. Right. And even some fruit stuff I imagine could give you a different profile. Yeah. Um, very 
Very exciting. So K-U-M-A, um, you're on Twitter now, right? Yep. At? Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram, all under Kuma or Kuma Liqueur or Kuma Lick, L-I-Q. Depending <laughs> on what's, what we're available. That's right. <laughs> grabbed, them, grabbed them all. I know. I mean, you, you still find something in, the, in 2016 about Twitter. Um, it's great, yeah. and I'm glad that you believe that the, this medium is certainly going to survive, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> um, not like radio. I'm sure that it'll, this is where it's at. I love the fact that this has got that it's a, um, fluorescent green in there as you swirl it around, mm-hmm. um, and it's golden, and uh, it's almost a brown. Uh, um, it's bronzy. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's Good. it's really a magical. It's really an elixir. How fun yeah. is this? Yeah. Okay, um, you got a, some tonic water there, which will make a cocktail. Yeah. And have you tried some cocktail recipes? Do you have a bunch that you're ready yeah. to release when you come out with this? Absolutely. We've got a couple of dozen so far. Um, some of them are originals, and some of them uh, are modifications of existing. All right. Um, and you said you went through 29 I've done uh, 29 batches so far. Okay. And are they all batched in a 750, or do you you make more? Uh, They're all different sizes. Honestly, a couple dozen of them, or a dozen of them or so, were uh, in very small amounts, just kind of checking variations. All right. Plus and minus citrus, plus and minus pepper, things like that. Okay. How fun. Always came back to the original. This, um, (laughs) hey, congratulations. I'm really, really impressed with this. It's called Kuma. It's Mm -hmm. a turmeric root liqueur from my pal Chet Holstein um, at... You're on Facebook, right? So we can yep. check that out. And that's yeah. Kuma. You can go to my name. The page is attached. Yeah. Me All right. Chad Holstein. <laughs> Chad Holstein. Uh, fantastic. Hey, when we come back from this break, we're going to try a special cocktail with uh, this brand new, um, well, this is the only bottle available. It's Kuma liqueur. It's never <laughs> been made for anywhere in the world except here in Seattle. Yep. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI One and O Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, folks, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Hope you're having a great Saturday night. Time for round four, our fourth and final segment. And I got my pal Chet Holstein, sommelier spirits director from way up north towards Blaine, Washington. Now he's been released out in the wild, and he's created a wild liqueur called Kuma. It's a turmeric root liqueur, and it's got 11 different, what I'll say, con- ingredients. ingredients. <laughs> and um, it's really, really tasty. It's got this earthy note. It's got a, a, some spice. It's got sweet. It's got acidity. Um, and it's got this great color. I don't, you almost what look, reminds me a little bit of like suntan lotion for some reason, <laughs> because I want to. It's getting cool, and I need the sun it's again. Like gold, I'm bronze combo. Um, so you, ha- you made some cocktails. Uh, how many mm-hmm. different recipes do you have? I've got about uh, 22 or 23 right now, and uh, they're, they're mostly modifications of existing. Um, yeah, you're looking about a three to one there. There you go. All right. Perfect. Just like a gin and tonic. All right. I, I put it in gin and tonic sometimes. goes great. It plays nice with gin. plays nice with whiskey. goes good in coffee, Kuma coffee. Put it into Manhattan, old-fashioned, mm. sometimes either in addition to or in place of like the vermouth, for example. But it doesn't have to replace. It, it plays nice with everything. Well, uh, that's this is amazing. I... I typically, I honestly, I hate tonic, mm-hmm. but this tastes good. <laughs> I don't drink gin and tonics. Actually, I started a couple two years ago, and I was like, "Wow, it's really refreshing." Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and I'm always looking for a great tonic, and I imagine Schweppes is, is up there with a good one. Um, what do you think this will? You're looking for a distiller to help you produce this in bulk. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, the D, uh, DS, DSP uh, to produce it myself is just—it's kind of ridiculous. So if there's already an existing plant, they got the equipment. We partner up, do a contract, and uh, go from there. Plus, I, I really this is gonna this is gonna go nuts. I mean, it's got the appeal level of everything from Saint Germain to Jägermeister. 
It's like it's more appealing than Jaeger, for that matter. <laughs> I agree. I agree because it's it's less uh, um, well, it's less proof and it's less sweet and mm-hmm. it's less herbaceous. Um, this is a very pleasant, balanced liqueur. And when you think about us being a wine guy, and I think that's part of the you being a sommelier, we find great wines in the world are all balanced with acid, tan, and right. fruit, alcohol, That's what we look for first, right? That's what we look for. Yeah, it's some balance. And that's what makes any liqueur susceptible because liqueurs, amaretto, I don't know if it's really balanced. Yeah, right. I like the flavor. I'm a big almond guy. A you big take a hazelnut sip once a year. Guy. <laughs> well, yeah. I poured an ice cream or something like that. There you go. Um, and, and even Kahlua is not balanced. I think a lot of things, these are too sweet. So they're meant to be overly proofed or overly strong concentrated for mixing whereas this is something you can do on the rocks you can add something like Schweppes or club soda to give it to dilute it which doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily dilute the flavor it just kind of dilutes the proof exactly exactly when you get you see with the with the tonic too the color brightens up too anything anytime you put soda or anything sparkly with it it's it's awesome in what we call kumosa put some prosecco in there kumosa (laughs) oh my well i'm thinking you've got a whole host of uh, um great opportunities ahead of you and if you're looking for this distillery remember your facebook page is so we're at kuma liqueur on facebook we're kuma lick l-i-q on uh instagram and kuma liqueur on uh twitter all right well um when we have we have some time i will hook you up with some dis- distillers and definitely. uh you should definitely join us um well we should do a tour together i can hook you up we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go sure. around and meet some folks uh, I'm part of the uh, Washington um, Artisan Distillers Network, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people here. But of course, you know, when someone tastes it, like, oh, well, that was very good. I can make one too. <laughs> so obviously, there's a lot of confidentiality. <laughs> so maybe you figure out all that stuff before we get um, involved. In that way, there's there's no worries. I certainly don't have time to do this, but I have time to drink it, which is so fun. Right, um, Chad Holstein. <laughs> wow, what a treat. Uh, Chet Holstein on Facebook and Kuma Liqueur on Facebook. Yep. All right. So that's where you go first. You want to find it, get some information. If you're a distiller out there, I know you're listening. Um, check it out. Uh, but uh, and Chet's a nice guy, so take care of him, and he'll take care of you. Chet Holstein, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, hey, folks, I like this Kuma Liqueur. I really do, because I, I like sweet, but I don't. The only thing I like super sweet is pecan pie, and we're coming into that pecan pie season. Uh, pumpkin pie is good too. And we think about the holidays. It's the Holiday Wine Fest coming up. It's Saturday and Sunday, November 12th and 13th, over at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. And this is a two-day event. There's two tastings on Saturday, noon to 4, and 5 to 9. And on Sunday, it's noon to 4. Now, there's a Husky game on Saturday. I think we're playing USC. We're going to beat them, so don't worry about it. Uh, Sunday, the Seahawk game is at 5.30, so you can come down and pre-funk. Um, invite your friends. Tickets are $40. HolidayWineFest.com is wineries, ciders, beer, spirits, liqueurs, and uh, great food and artisan gifts. We're going to have olive oils and vinegars and uh, glassy baby and coffee and teas and a whole host of great, cool, locally made artisan products for you to enjoy, peruse, and just relax. This is not going to be a trade show. This is an elevated experience at HolidayWineFest.com, November 12th and 13th at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. Hope you enjoyed today's show. I had Peggy Sullivan with OS Winery, my pal Chet Holstein, who is the uh, proprietor and founder of Kuma Turmeric Root Liqueur. It's really fantastic. Check them out on Facebook. And uh, if you're ever out and about, remember... Tell your friends about Happy Hour Radio. You, if you're learning something, if you're liking it, if you're putting it on the car, if you ever miss a show, check out the uh, website, happyhourradio.net. And, um, hey, 
Trick-or-treaters are coming out. Remember, drive slow through neighborhoods. Be sure you got your lights on and uh, take it easy. Take care of each other. If you're out going, drinking and dining and all that, remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. See you next week. Cheers.